0: Coming up.
1: It mentions even that the cobwebs weren't disturbed. So it does raise the question of, you know, was the door left unlocked? How did this suspect get in there? Was he watching them?
0: For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. The 1985 murder of a teenage girl in Jacksonville, Florida was considered a cold case for decades, but not anymore. A family reacting tonight to an arrest in a decades-old cold case. The Jacksonville Sheriff's Office says DNA evidence linked a Michigan prison inmate to the rape and murder of a 17-year-old Jacksonville girl in 1985. I had never even heard that name until um, Detective Brooks told me. Katie Jeffries with WTLV First Coast News in Jacksonville, Florida. Take us back to where all of this started, Christmas Eve of 1985. What happened?
1: So Christmas Eve of 1985, Leslie McRae is 17 years old. She shares a apartment in Avondale, which is an area close to downtown in Jacksonville, and a pretty nice area, and it still is a nice area to live. So She, around three o'clock in the morning, she and her boyfriend wake up to a man in their apartment, and her boyfriend told police that this man had a knife and he was kneeling by the bed. The man ties up Leslie's boyfriend with neckties, and then, you know, to the boyfriend's horror, he watches as this man takes um, Leslie out of the apartment And he says he takes her out the back entrance. It takes about three hours for Leslie's boyfriend to get out of the neckties and then call police and tell them what happened. So that was around 6 a.m. Around three hours later, uh, they find her body on the side of the roadway. Uh, near 295 and Wilson, which is a pretty heavily traveled area, even for 1985. And she had multiple stab wounds to her chest, her head, and especially her neck. And that's what they said uh, were the fatal wounds were some severe stabs to her neck.
0: I'm curious about that 911 call you mentioned from Leslie's boyfriend. Were there any details he was able to provide? Did he catch a glimpse of the attacker here? Anything that might be helpful to the investigation as far as we know?
1: We don't know much about the 911 call, and unfortunately, because it's 1985, um, we don't have any recordings of it. Um, from what I read back in news articles from 1985, it didn't sound like he gave any type of description of who this uh, the suspect was. So unfortunately, it kind of was just this, this void of a person who was in the apartment and took took Leslie away um, and even it, it sounded like in the interviews with the sheriff's department back in 1985 it kind of sounded as if they were suspicious of the boyfriend's story saying that you know they were still evaluating his story and that his story is just one part of the case um, but of course we've reached out to the boyfriend and he says you know that he's very glad they found the suspect because it does kind of vindicate him in the story
0: one other interesting detail in your reporting is that there was a local news article from back in 1985 that mentioned there was no sign of forced entry. Were there any clues about how this man might have gotten into the apartment?
1: So that is one of the big questions in this case. And that was something that we've been trying to get from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office because it mentions even that the cobwebs weren't disturbed. So it does raise the question of, you know, was the door left unlocked? How did this suspect get in there? Was he watching them? And unfortunately, right now, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office has really declined to elaborate on that. Um, What We're hoping, though, when the discovery comes out in this case, it will have more on exactly— why Leslie unfortunately was chosen as this man's victim and how he got into that apartment.
0: So what then does the immediate investigation look like after this horrific discovery of Leslie McRae's body back in the 1980s?
1: So they, of course, started questioning the boyfriend because he's the one who is the other witness who saw this happen. And it sounds like they really hit a lot of dead ends because they said they didn't have a reason to really disbelieve his story. But um, they just weren't coming up with who this suspect could be. And we asked when they announced that they had made an arrest of David Nelson Austin, we asked, was this man a suspect back in 1985? And they said no. So it sounds like this person wasn't even on their radar back then. Um, So unfortunately, it sounds like this case, it really didn't go very far at the time. And DNA, finally, is what really broke this open.
0: Before we get to talking about that arrest, can you just tell us a little bit more about Leslie? What have you and your colleagues learned from speaking with different folks who knew her?
1: It sounded like she was just a bubbly, nice person. You know, she was 17 years old, so her life was really just beginning. Her family says that she was funny. Um, She was, you know, someone who was uplifting and just wonderful to be around. So when she was killed, it was just shocking to believe something like this could happen to her, um, especially because it didn't seem like she was anyone who had any enemies at the time either.
0: And we have this then 35, 36-year window without any major developments. I can't imagine what that would have been like for this family.
1: It's been so difficult. Um, her mother has ALS, and so her mother and her family have been trying to to be her voice, you know, and keep this in the public spotlight. And all the while, her mother's been struggling with health and losing her voice herself she can't speak at this point so other family members you know kind of speak on her behalf i'm still
0: going through the emotions of 35 years of not having her
1: 35 years without her cousin leslie McRae, who
0: joey bray says was more like a sister she was just she was a big part of my life a real big part of my life um
1: A big part of our family's life that um, was taken from us way too soon. But it was nice. They were there at the press conference um, when they learned of this arrest to at least finally have a suspect. You know, sometimes justice can be delayed, but at least there is some justice in the end.
0: How then does this case come back onto the radar of the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office in recent years?
1: So there's an organization called Project Cold Case here in Jacksonville. It is run by a man named Ryan Backman whose father was killed in two thousand and ten and his case has become a cold case. so what the what the organization does is it kind of works as a liaison between the sheriff's office and families to try and help get cold cases back on the attention of of deputies and sheriff's office and encourage them to go back and see if there's DNA evidence and things like that. So back in, I believe it was 2017 or 2018, um, they had a meeting with the McCrae family to see what was available at the time. And unfortunately then there wasn't that much. And I believe it was in 2020 that they were able to get a hit on the DNA evidence um, for the suspect who was incarcerated in Michigan.
0: And who is that person, and what have we since learned about him?
1: So that person is David Nelson Austin. He's 59 years old. He's currently serving two life sentences, or rather, one life sentence for two charges, um, and those are criminal sexual conduct charges. Before, he and that was happened in 1988, so a couple years after uh, Leslie McRae was killed. But two months before Leslie McCrae was killed, He was charged with um, two counts of attempted rape on a person with intellectual disabilities in the Jacksonville area, but those charges were dropped. And so then two months later, Leslie McRae is murdered. And then, as we know, in 1988, um, he commits two counts of sexual criminal misconduct in Michigan, is caught and sentenced to life.
0: And is he now charged in the Leslie McRae case?
1: Yes, he is going to be charged with first-degree murder and attempted kidnapping, um, and he will be extradited back to Duval County, but I don't believe he's here just yet.
0: I know there's still a lot of questions that we're waiting on answers to, and hopefully as this moves forward, we'll get those answers. But I'm wondering, have we learned anything else about David Austin, any possible motive or connection to Leslie McRae? Any details like that that might have come out?
1: Unfortunately, no. So the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, outside of announcing the arrest and some of the basics of how they, they got him, they have not really gone into a lot of you know, what the connection might be if, if he saw her somewhere or um, if these two had crossed paths. Because of course, that was one of the questions we asked and and they didn't really they declined to answer. So it sounds to me like now that they DNA has led them to their suspect, they're still trying to kind of piece together other parts of it to see how this to see how the story comes together. They know he was in Jacksonville at the time. They have his DNA, but I think they are still trying to piece together exactly how he crossed paths with Leslie.
0: We talked about how difficult it's been for this family to go such a long time without answers. What has their reaction been to finally seeing someone arrested?
1: I think it it ranges when you talk to them from, from happiness that someone has been arrested to, of course, grief because it brings back all the pain of losing Leslie again. But at least you have some closure that you know someone is going to be held responsible for this. I wanted justice for her. She deserved it. I'm just glad we know. We have answers. You know, there's nothing that'll bring Leslie back, but now they have a name, they have a face. They'll be able to actually see this person go to trial and have to, you know, stand up in court and, and find out who did this. So I think for the family, there is some relief that at least who did this is not just out on the streets.
0: You'll have to keep us posted as this does move forward. Katie Jeffries with First Coast News in Jacksonville. Thanks for sharing this story.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever you're listening right now. If you're looking for more true crime, you can head over to VaultStudios.com for a full list of our shows, including our newest series, Strangeville. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.